0: I've been really, um, impressed, I guess not the right word, but I've been really encouraged by this morning's service because I I was, I was wondering what could I, what could I speak about this morning? And it's been so Christ focused this morning. I've really enjoyed this morning's worship service. That's how all the worship services should be, Christ focused and centred. And this morning's message is about the Lord. It's Christ-focused as well. So maybe God had a bit of a hand in that. I'm sure he has. Easter's fast approaching, is it not? In fact, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. It's, and it's been an interesting week for me. I, 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 I work on my own, so the radio's on all the time. You know I'm a 3 aw fan. And so there's lots of news and things and public opinion being expressed on 3AW. Now, I just thought it was really interesting listening to the radio the last few days, in particular, that uh, Israel Falal is on is in the news. What did he do? What did he do? Did, did he molest anybody? Did he misbehave? Did he get drunk? Did he was he snorting cocaine? No, he wasn't. He quoted the Bible, and he's going to get sacked is four million, that's with an M, million dollars. And then early on in the week I was thinking about some of the things that were being said and and it would appear to me from listening to the news and current affairs and people's comments that the Christian faith is the only faith that you can vilify, in fact you're you're encouraged to vilify the Christian faith at any, any moment as often as you like without any problems. No ramifications. You, you can't do that with anyone else, but it's okay. Vilify the Christian faith, no problem. And then with the election coming up, I was just thinking to myself, if this is a federal election, I was thinking to myself, wasn't it wasn't. I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago. The green, one of the green senators says, you know, we should really get rid of the the prayer in parliament. Let's not start thinking about how we should pass laws and legislate things in this in this land without acknowledging our our uh, for guidance from God let's get rid of rid of the prayer i just shudder to think what they're going to replace it with now please remember this as you vote greens right hmm. and yet and yet Everyone on the radio was looking forward to Easter. Everyone was on about Easter. the holidays the holiday the Easter holidays. I thought that was interesting, hypocritical, but interesting. You see, I know that at Christmas time they try and, and you know mitigate the fact that it 's a religious holiday. celebration oh no it 's about families and getting together and reflecting on the year, well they might be able to get away with that at Christmas but you can't run away or ignore the fact that Easter is a religious celebration it can't be anything else, can it? it can't be and it's really interesting that Australia has 8 national holidays, that's the holidays that all the country stops and celebrates and has the holiday, 8 of them Eight national holidays. Four of them. Four of them now for all you smart mass people that's fifty percent. Four of them have to do with a man called Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? And you think, Rafael, where have you been? Didn't you know? It's not that I didn't know about it, brothers and sisters. It's that no one else is interested in, in that fact. They seem to have ignored it. It seems to have gone over their heads. So 50% of our national holidays that everyone's looking forward to are to do with a man called Jesus Christ. You know, if we were in an Islamic country or a Hindu country or a Buddhist country, you would have four less public holidays. You would. You wouldn't be celebrating these, these, these events. You wouldn't be having an Easter holiday. What is it about this man, this man called Jesus, that we allocate four public holidays during the year? You know, there's no other man that has any public holidays. America has a couple. But in Australia, we don't have any other public holidays that celebrate a man, an individual. Do you realise this? I know Victoria has a, has a, there's a holiday that celebrates horses. But there isn't. Do you realise this? This is why it takes me so long to do people's bathrooms. I listen to the radio and I have discussions with my with my radio. You know? It's embarrassing whenever people are home, they're wondering who I'm talking to. So sometimes you just have to say something, you know, because the things that come out of some people's mouths is just unbelievable. So what's been happening? What's been happening over the last week is that people have, have been getting busy buying their chocolate Easter eggs. Yeah, I mean, let me just say, that we, my wife and I have participated in some of these things. We're buying chocolate Easter eggs for the grandchildren. I bought one for my wife yesterday, a little one. And then there are the people that are, that are going around making sure they're getting enough lamb for the Sunday roast for next Sunday, you know, traditional lamb roast for for Easter Sunday. And I was talking to a guy yesterday. He rang me up, and he, he rang me up from Tasmania. A friend of mine, Christian. Steve, how are you going? Hey, good, good, good. What are you doing? He said, oh, I'm just standing here filling my water truck with water. That he carts water uh, as part of his uh, job. And what he does is he, he fills water tanks for people, especially. The holiday homes, you know, the little cottages and the places that you go and have holidays on. And he, so he, he had nothing to do. He was waiting for the thing to fill up, so he gives me a call. And I said, you're busy, Steve. He oh, flat chat, Raph. He said, it's been dry. Been dry, that's how he talks. He says, been dry and uh, not much rain. And you know, Easter's coming up, Raph, and every all the people are ringing me out, got to get the holiday house uh, tank filled because of the holidays. That's what people are thinking about. That's what they're concerned about. Neighbour across the road. Oh, it's across the road over there. He's getting his caravan ready because some people have been fortunate enough to be able to not only have Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Some of them have Tuesday and they've taken another couple of days and they've rolled it into Anzac Day and they're having a nine-day break. That's what Easter means to them. Nine days off. And he's getting his caravan ready. And none of this is bad. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just pointing out the fact that that's what we're taking up about. So what makes Jesus so special? That we, have, that we have four public holidays. We celebrate it with four holidays. And this passage here, I hope, will indicate to you one, one aspect of Jesus Christ that I think is really special. I haven't got enough time to go through any more than that, and even this one's not going to get justice. But just this one thing, and the one is where the Lord says, "I am from above. I am from." You know, there are lots of "I am"s that the Lord talks about in the New Testament. There's 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 eight of them. The eight uh, that have a metaphor. You know, like "I am the door," "I am the good shepherd," etc. There's eight of those. This one isn't one of them. This one is one of the other I am's. It's just a statement of, of, uh, of fact. And the Lord says, I am from above. Now, He says this and, and, and he, he, he's saying something about himself. And I think this little statement, even though it seems very simple, it's very insightful, very insightful, because it's regarded, it, it tells us, and as a certain aspects about his character about his motivation what motivated him to do things and say things and his attitude towards how people interacted with him very interesting and it's also insightful to understanding how God works you know, we say God works in mysterious ways I'm not sure if that's true but he does work differently than the way we do that's definitely true So in verse 23, I hope you have your Bibles open. I'd like to refer to this passage as we go along. Knowing where a person comes from helps us, will often help us to understand behaviour, thoughts and values. In verse 23, the Lord says, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world. Now a country person, someone from the country, They drive slow. I don't know if you ever go country driving. I mentioned to you last week I do that, and you can always tell a local. They're doing 50 k's when you're trying to do 100. They're just, you know, arm on the window ledge, driving along because they're not in any hurry. They live there. It's more leisurely, isn't it? They're more leisurely in everything that they do. They're low geared. People from foreign countries, foreigners, they're difficult to understand because of their accents. Do you remember Kat Kat Kogel and and Scott Kogel, remember them? Americans. So they're not even foreigners from a country that doesn't speak English. They sort of speak English over there. I love Kat. Kat. Kat struggled with the colloquialisms here in Australia. She couldn't work it out. You know, it took five minutes for me to work out that she had been to Kurong one day. She said, Oh, we went to this place and, and Kurong I thought, Kurong, Kurong. And we, we worked it all out and she went to Kurong. And you know and, and then we talked about some things about the rain and she said, Oh it was lovely hearing hearing the rain on the roof. And I said, What? The roof? Oh yeah, the roof, yeah. And it's fascinating. And so, you know, you you make allowances. You know, foreigners are not dense; they're just from a different country. It just takes a little bit of time to understand. And then there are certain events, events that shape people, like the Great Depression and World War Two. Now, I remember working in a lady's house. And she had gone through, as a child, through the big drought in the 60s. All the eastern, eastern border of Australia, the eastern coast of Australia, big drought. That's what motivated uh, what was it, Henry Bolte to build the Thompson Dam. Big drought. And she lived in the country and water was precious. So I'm working away there in the house and, 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 and I wanted to wash my hands. She offered me a cup of tea. I so said, thank God, I wash my hands. And I started, I turned on the hot tap hands are dirty and I'm waiting for the hot water to come. Well, she nudges me out, puts a basin under the tap. She says, I'm really sorry. She says, it's an awful lot of water that gets wasted waiting for the hot water to come out. So she would have been in her 60s then. So right from when she was a little girl, every single drop of water, she says she still does it. Even though she lived in in Strathmore, built up area, town water, plenty of water, doesn't matter. She just couldn't allow a single drop of water to go to waste. So she used to always collect that hot that water, you know, the cold water that comes out of the hot tap. When you're waiting and waiting, she would collect it in a basin and use it somewhere. That event shaped her for the whole of her life. And in our house, it's Irish versus Italian. Potatoes versus bolognese. So you can see there are origins. There are origins... Shape us. And the law's origin is important. It influences character, thoughts and speech. It really does. I, I have a privilege of working in people's homes, doing uh, renos and stuff. And it's interesting, you know, going to different homes, different cultures, you know, you learn a lot. The Lord said, I am from above, from heaven. It influences character. It influenced what he says, uh, what he thinks, and he influences his speech. In John chapter fourteen, this is what it says. Verse twenty four. The Lord said, these words you hear are not are not my own. So the Lord's the words the Lord was speaking were not his. They're not my own. They belong to the Father. Who sent me? That's in John 14, verse 24. Isn't that interesting? The words that Jesus speaks in the scriptures and to the people of the time were from above as well. They weren't his, they were his father's. And it's important to remember where he came from so that we can understand what he had to say and how important it was and that's not always easy to do even as christians we just gloss over things that the lord spoke gloss over the stuff that's written in red it happened to the people of his day it's interesting you know there's a little conversation in john chapter 1 verse 46 between philip and nathaniel and Philip says to Nathanael, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. In other words, he was saying, oh, we've found the Messiah, the one that Moses has been writing about and all the prophets were indicating that he would come. We have found him. His name is Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And Nathanael said, Nazareth? Nazareth? can any good thing come from there? So it's right away. Jesus was identified with this place where people think he can't be the Messiah. They, they didn't understand that he, he didn't come from there. It wasn't his, he was just living there. He was from above. And then in Matthew, later on, when the Lord's actually in, in, in the middle of his ministry there, and he's doing a bit of talking and stuff like that and he goes back to where he came from, back to Nazareth. And in chapter 13 of Matthew, 54 to 58, after he says some pretty profound things, and they said, isn't that, isn't that not the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Again, just a carpenter's son. I love that because you know I've got a vivid imagination. I, you know, when the Lord was a young fella, he would have been helping Joseph doing carpentry work. And I just, I'm just, you know, my imagination. I'm just thinking there, there would have been lots of people that could have said, "You see that door? That was hung by Jesus, the Son of God." i just love that. You know, there would have been people in, in, in Nazareth that had work done by Jesus, Christ. You know? Carpentry work. You know? That cabinet. And okay, let's not worry about my imagination. But I love that. Because that would have happened. It would have happened. And people don't understand that this prophet, this man, this miracle worker, this messiah, came to them from above. They thought... He was from Nazareth. Missed the whole thing. I am from above. Next slide, thanks. Influences the way he thinks and behaves. In Isaiah 55, verse 8. I love this passage. This this passage here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. That's what God says to, 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 to the people of Israel. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my your ways my ways. In verse 9, it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's how they think above. Right? That's, that's, that's how it is. This should be our memory verse. Every day. We should recite this every day. Now, when you're trying to interact with the world, when you're facing decisions you have to make, how are you thinking? You know, God tells us in His Word, but He shows us in His Son how He thinks, His ways. There are differences between us and God, absolutely. And so there are differences between the Lord and us. God isn't mysterious. I don't believe he is. He's just different. And his son, whom he sent from above, is different as well. You see, everything that we see, we can't help but see through human eyes. Can't help it. And everything we try and think about and try to understand, we can't help but think of it through our human mind and reasoning. I've struggled with this myself. I've confessed it to you myself from the platform. But God works in a divine way. He thinks in a divine way. He plans in a divine way. From above. Next slide, please. I am from above. Now, it's just not heaven, brothers and sisters. It is heaven. From above, yeah, Absolutely. But it's, but it's not, uh, intergalactic, somewhere in outer space. It's not there. You know where it is? It's where God dwells. God the Father dwells. That's what it's referring to from above. The Lord isn't saying He's come from Mars or Jupiter or even some other galaxy. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm from above. And that is so, so important that we understand. He just doesn't come from above or from heaven, but he comes from where the Father dwells. In chapter 5 of John, it says, the Lord says that the Father sent him. The Father sent him. You go. Go. Now, we didn't read this, but if you have a look in verse 28 of chapter 8, listen to what it says. Chapter 8, verse twenty. It was actually, no, that's not it. It says there, So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be and that I do nothing on my own but, but speak just what the Father taught me. Underline that, brothers and sisters. Underline it. Can we grasp the fact that everything the Lord said and did, he wasn't just instructed to say it, he was taught it. Hmm. And then in John chapter 7, verse 17, it says, It says that he had come to do the Father's will, the Father's pleasure, what the Father delighted in him to do. And then in John chapter 17 verse 4, it says he had come to do and finish. That's when you read that passage, the Lord says, I have finished the work you have given me to do. That's what the holiday is all about next week. That's what it's about. The finished work. That God had given His Son, whom He sent from above. That's what we celebrate. So, what what's happened is that someone has come to Earth, not ET, not some weird shaped people from you know out in different galaxies, but someone from the very presence of God. You don't appreciate that, neither do I. The very presence of God. When you go through the scriptures, you don't read of many individuals who have come from that position, who have had the experience of being in the very presence of God. The closest you're going to get is maybe Moses, who had to be shielded in a cleft of of the hill there and the the hand of God was placed upon uh, there to protect him. And what did Moses see? The very, very tail end of the glory of God as he walked past. That's like glimpsing, you know, some famous movie star. Oh, look, there she is. It's not really in the presence, is it? Listen to this, John 17, verse 8. This is this is very insightful. I love the Gospel of John. Because, you, know, you probably think I love a lot of things in the Scriptures, but I love the John's Gospel. It gives you a lot of insights, a lot of red writing. Here we have the Lord's Prayer, not the one that says, Our Father, hallowed be thine. This is, that's not the Lord's Prayer. This is the Lord praying to his Father. Very insightful. You don't get this anywhere else. You don't. You often read of the Lord going and praying to God, His Father, but you don't often hear what He says. But you do hear. Have a listen to one of the things He says, verse seventeen: "For I gave them the words you gave me." He's talking to his about his disciples, to the Father. He says, "Father, I have given them the words that you gave me." Hmm. And they accepted them. I love that. You know, the disciples didn't understand the words. They didn't understand, but they accepted them as the words of God. I think that's one of our problems as Christians. We don't accept God's word as often as we ought to, as readily as we ought to. And this is and this is what the Lord said. He says they knew. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed you sent me. What did those men what were those men able to do, brothers and sisters? They changed the world. They were able to witness like you and I have never been able to witness. They've been able to to, to testify and to stand and withstand persecution and martyrdom. Because they knew for certainly, this man Jesus, he didn't come from Nazareth. He came from above, from the presence of God. this man's unique. there's no one like him. It might be an outrageous claim to, to say that you've come from the presence of God. How do you test that? If I made that claim, it's easier to say, no, you were never in the presence of God, Ralph. Even people like Chuck Swindle or Bill Hybels, you know, it would be outrageous for them to say they were actually in the very presence of God listen to this in, in uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 22. This is the Apostle Peter. After the Lord had, had, had risen from the grave uh, and ascended into heaven, this is Pentecost, this is you know, about 40 days later, he stands before the nation of Israel and he says, Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, very clear who, who he's talking about, identified him as they knew him. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God. And that's important, brothers and sisters. He wasn't accredited by the the local seminary, uh, Bible college or the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees. No, by God himself. He was accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, not by a degree or a diploma Which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Big declaration by the apostle Peter. What was the, what was the response? Was there heckling from the crowd? Was it saying, nah, not true, that's rubbish. No, that's not the response, was it, brothers and sisters? There was repentance. When they realised, that it wasn't Jesus of Nazareth, when they realised who he actually was, they repented and they believed and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. God sealed; his, put his seal of approval on his Son, on your and my Saviour and Lord. Have, have a look back at John chapter 8. Verse 23, that verse I was telling you about. Just so that we're really clear, this is what it says. But he, that's Jesus, continued, you are from above, I am from, sorry, you are from below, I am from above, you are of this world, and then he says, just so that we're clear, I am not of this world. He's from above. He's unique, I can never say that. You could never say that. Only Jesus Christ could say that. And it's true. Have you ever read the words of Jesus Christ, the teachings of Jesus Christ with that context, that he was from above? The words that he says were given to him by God himself from the very presence of God have you ever read? I would challenge you to do that. Go home and read this chapter again with that context. What significance is it to us, to me and you? I'd like to read you from uh, uh, another portion from John's Gospel, chapter 6. It's very significant. God's will is that people like you and me be saved. Now, I know there's people here who are saved, and I also know that there's probably people here who are not saved. But listen to this. In verse 38 of chapter 6, this is what the Lord says. For I came down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at that last day. And here is the, is the, is the crunch. Verse 40 for my father's will is that what? Everyone is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. That's the Easter story. That's the reason we have the public holiday. If you have never looked upon the son and believed on him as your saviour, I would urge you to do it now. I really do. That's why he came. All this fuss about Jesus, this is why he came. This is God's will for you and me that we might believe in his son and be saved. Now for the rest of us, the rest of us who have done that, praise the Lord. My brothers and sisters, like Evan's mentioned, we are brothers and sisters. There's something for you and me. In Colossians, while we're waiting for this last day, in Colossians it says, Set your heart on things What? Above. Above Not the holiday homes, the caravans, the career, the you know, not that. As much as I want the bombers to win the 219 Premiership flag, it's not where my heart should be. wait, there's more. In Colossians chapter three, verse two, it says, "Set your mind on the things above." You know, thinking like the Lord thinks, thinking like God thinks. And in James chapter 1, verse 17, here, here is what it says. Every good and perfect gift comes from Myers, David, no, it comes from above. The gift that God had given us so long ago that we celebrate with these public holies came from above. The more we conform to the character of this unique individual, Jesus Christ, the more above we're going to become in our attitudes, in our thinking, in our behaviour. Transform your life, brothers and sisters, on this earth. Get yourself ready. Think about, at this Easter period, think about eternal life, which you enjoy because of Jesus Christ. Thanks.